Good morning, everybody. This is Jean Nathan. It's Crosstown Conversations. And I just had somebody dump out of my show at the very beginning. It's the most unprofessional thing that's ever happened to me. From the veterans group. Unbelievable. I will have something in my newsletter about her next week. In the meantime, we will continue with the rest of our show. And we have some really interesting guests today because Central City is on fire. We've talked about this before in a good way, you know, heating up, just buzz, buzzworthy. And they have a f- huge festival this weekend. I mean, it is just enormous. They have incredible number of things going on, lots of food and music. And we'll have um, a guest on who's going to really give you the, the, uh, the details on that. Um, we also have a really interesting artist in town who's been at the Joan Mitchell Center. Center on Bayou Road, right in our neighborhood, walking distance, even though I gave him a ride over. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is going to be talking about a really interesting show that we're doing out in Poydrist over the weekend, and it, it basically involves what we call the art of nature. So it is artists actually working right in the middle of the, of the woods, and there are woods, you know that, in a half an hour from New Orleans. It's just, that's one of the fun things about it. Um, and so we're going to do that. It's at the uh, River House Corvass 22. Um, so we'll uh, talk in just a moment with that gentleman. And, um, you know, everybody, I've just got to focus on the voter registration, uh, rather the um, early voting issue and the importance of voting this uh, coming election because it is really, really interesting race and it is close on the governor's level and getting out to vote is how you get to influence what happens in your hometown and your home state. So you've just got to think about this and and Angele Wilson, I think we're going to catch her um, during the show and and give us some of the details on where you can vote and when you can vote and that's really, really important. But, you know, let's, let's get started with the fun part because um, I've just had a blast over the past few days working with an artist who um, he he just he takes nature at its best and then he adds his own nature and we humans are part of the whole natural um, ecosystem so you could say that it's it's just a little bit of nature. So if the wind comes along and blows the branches and the trees around, that's one kind of art. And then a human coming out and doing that is another kind of art. I want you to meet Roy Stab, and um, he's been camped out on Bayou Road here, just off Broad at the Joan Mitchell Center for a month, a, a month? month, a yes. whole month. What a luxury! That's the beautiful thing about retreats, and we're going to talk about that too. But, but started our first uh, at Studio in the Woods. I came four days earlier to make a thing for their festival, which is on their pond. It's still there, made out of bamboo that was harvested right from the land, right nearby. That's the beauty part of what he does. He really works with what's out there, too. So, Roy, let's start at the beginning. I I would characterize you basically as a sculptor. Did you start out? Started as a painter. You started out as a painter. Yes. Ah, how interesting. And then I started installation in 1979 when I lived in the south of France, and I lived in Paris also. And then I came to New York in 1980, and I tried to do the gallery system, and the gallery system was not my kind of painting or art, and I went out to nature. I went out to Flatbush Avenue and, and uh, down by, by the water at Dead Horse Bay and started making my works. 
And that's it's where I started. So, it, that's so ironic. There you are in the middle of one of the most urbanized uh, uh, stretches of land in, in the whole globe, yeah. and, and that's where you started working with nature. So was it like an antidote to that urban grid? It was just my sensibility. If the system won't work with me, I will do it my way. I, I like to be out in the air. I like to be in water. And I used the weeds that were there because the weeds were – nobody cared about them. And I found them as a good material to work with. Weeds. weeds. See, guys, we all try to get rid of those weeds, right? You know, I, out there the, with our, with our uh, pesticides and so forth. But no, weeds, weeds are an important part of life. Tell if there's a purpose for them, they're uh, appreciated. If there's not, there's not. And for me, it was perfect. I used the Phragmite reeds. They were so invasive, but they're so good, and nobody cared if I used them. Mm. So what did that first piece look like? How long does your work last? Uh, presumably you photograph it so you can show it to other people. If they don't get there, well, it's still there. Tell me about, mm. tell me about the, the, the transitory nature of your work. Uh, first, I lived in New York, and you couldn't have anything. It, so I'm anti-material. So I went out to nature, and I made these works, and I wove the line in, in, in reeds and in reeds, and it was not, not tied together and was only perfect for a few minutes, and nobody saw it. Then I realized I had to get a camera, and I got a camera and photographed it. Then I documented it. Suddenly, I'm starting to get stuff again, but it would blow apart in a day or two because I was making things close to nature and resolve back into nature. Why resolve back into nature? Because that's, uh, that's the cycle of life. Let it happen. Uh, nothing you can hold on to. And now I'm an old guy, and I, and I realize that you can't hold on to anything, but you can have an exciting moment. And art is about the moment, I think, and it's the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, that would be um, – that's your statement, but if you take somebody like Rodin or Brancusi or somebody like that who works in heavy metals and builds these sculptures that are going to last longer than the earth maybe, they take the opposite point of view. They're looking to make a statement that's going to last forever. Mm, if you see my images and photographs, maybe with a new technology, it'll last forever, too. Okay. <laughs> so tell me about um, some of the different pieces that you've done. T- t- tell me about your favorite, your, your top ten. Mm. We're not going to go through all ten. No, right? of course. Oh, it's always what's the signature piece. Um, I made a good piece in Denmark, and I, I came to Denmark in 2008 in August, and I, I was supposed to do sculptures on along the seashore. And I found a fossil as I walked there the first day. I had a sort of pre-existing idea, but that didn't work out. And I looked at the fossil, and I walked into this mud. Now imagine this river coming to the sea. It had mud about six inches deep, and I could walk into it. I walked a form with my eye with no string, no guided. So I made a very round piece just in the mud. Off the shore, there was purple flowers. You made, wait, you made yes. them out of what? I just walked only my footsteps, footsteps in the mud. Okay. That's the most, most freedom of, of making art, no craft of putting things together. And then uh, you went and got the flowers. No, the wind blew, blew the pollen, and that made the brown mud purple. And then I photographed it holding my camera over my head, two, three, three shots to make one image, and it was beautiful, perfectly round. Wow. I'm pretty good at craft sometimes <laughs> or putting things together. That's one, a favorite one. I recently made a piece in paid for by Poland, but actually on the Belarus border. And uh, we, we, call, we called it uh, something about the currents because it, the two countries, it's west and east. And it was very important to employ uh, the Belarus people, the Russian people, to see my work. So I, I wrote a sign saying, 
we are artists in Russian, of course. See my work, enjoy our work. We were making art. And I happened to make it just on the other side of the border. And then the border police were very crazy, both sides, the Polish and, and the Belarus people. They were having conferences, and I made the work really big. Just before the piece was done, I, I used popular, uh, popular supports in the middle of the river and uh, reeds. And the beavers came and started eating the popular. <laughs> and, and then that was three the first night and five the next night. And the opening, it was perfect again. And then when I, I left, I have no more control. They took some out and some out. And now four months later, the piece is still there. And really now it's a wild, wavy. It's like a, a two-headed dragon. Because they came into like the middle of it and took out the reeds. They just no, they took out some of the supports, just some oh, of them, the supports. random. Uh-huh, yeah. And and so it made the the piece crazily wavy. Huh. But I most of my work, I'm a fair weather artist. So it's kind of an interactive piece with nature, really. What uh-huh. you do, it's yeah. given to nature. Once it's gone, they have it. Yeah, can't do anything about it. Light is good. When I made the work, it was we, uh, I collected the materials. It was really hot in July, and then near near the opening, a cold front came through, and the wind came the wrong way, and the river was almost reversed uh, because I'm playing with the current, with the flowing of the current. The top is high, the bottom is low. That's the second piece. Signature piece. Maybe I made a piece on Cape Cod in spirals in 1993 because Cape Cod is a spiral sh- shape of land. So mm-hmm. I made a piece called Spiral Infinity, and I used reeds that were growing there. And, and nobody cares. And, and it lasted three weeks. And then when it went down, I couldn't control it anymore. And voila, gone. <laughs> gone back to nature. So Three pieces. So you, so you really accept, you, you do accept the fact that things don't last. That's right. That's right. But for the moment. Including us, of course. Well, I like the youth. And my work is that sweet bird of youth. Sweet part of future. There we are. are in New Orleans and Tennessee Williams you land, bet. of course. Well, okay. Now, so the reason that I um, know Roy is that I had a group of artists come visit uh, my home last week who are all in residency at the Joan Mitchell Center on Bayou Road. And just a social call, just fun. And um, But I told them about the Art of Nature um, exhibit that we're doing as part of something called A Day in the Country at the River House and Crevasse 22. Crevasse 22 is a sculpture garden, and River House is a sort of mini-museum um, out in Poitras, Louisiana. This is the first arts venue in St. Bernard Parish. They have history uh, events there and, and cultural events, but there's no permanent art facility. So this is the first one, and Sidney Torres and Roberta Burns are the ones who made it possible. They have this incredible... Um, area of land right next to the levee of the Mississippi River where, in 1922, there was a natural crevasse. This is before the exploded one that came along in 1927, which was a very misguided idea on the part of people from New Orleans who were trying to save New Orleans. They said, oh, let's go bomb that levee back down there where they had a crevasse. It was bad science and, and very bad for the people of St. Bernard. But there was a crevasse there before. So when that crevasse came through, it created um, a little lake where there was a bayou. And um, right next to that lake, we have the sculpture garden. And it's really an incredibly beautiful setting because it is classic Louisiana with great big live oaks and hanging moss and pelicans. And how can you improve on that? You, you, you really can't in a way. But I did ask Roy to participate in a show that we're doing with a number of artists um, called The Art of Nature. We're in a trail in the woods. We said... Use the natural materials and sort of put a human touch to the 
are, um, the nature that's there. Mm-hmm. And um, so, Roy, that's what you jumped on it. I called him, what, Monday, and bam, to, Tuesday. was it Monday? Tuesday, Tuesday he was out there out working. working. Yes. Okay, so tell me what you thought of the site and what you did and why. Well, we had, remember we had the rain, so well, we had the beginning. And mosquitoes. It, oh, a whole lot, and they're so small, and you don't feel them until they get you. <laughs> Anyhow, I did, I did a walk in the trail. It's not a very long trail. You, you walk in through a little puddle, which will be dried up by now, and then there's a, in the middle, it's a big, mm, big arc. And in the middle, it's kind of a, a ring, I call it. There's a large oak in the middle, and then I follow the trail around and around, and near the end, there were three oaks. Or three, one oak with, with two other trees. I don't know what the other ones are. And I thought, I want to make something over the trail. So, art has to be in your face. I don't like the word in your face. Not hidden. Uh, so it's obvious. So I, I found three trees and I, made, I gathered weeds. The same weeds I used in other places, like when I worked in New York or when I worked in Wisconsin. Uh, and I, along goldenrod, uh, asters, something else, and I had a big, big bundle of them uh, laid out, and then I bundled it with string and three pieces. And then how do you, what makes the art, uh, important statement, was that how the middle junction comes together. So I made a triangular, triangular form, three, three trees, triangular form, and I strung them all together. Mm-hmm. Okay, what, uh, I walked the grounds, I found uh, a trail of oyster shells. So I, you guys like to eat oysters. I like to eat oysters, especially when they're fresh. And we and like to play with them, too. We, we like to make art out of well, them. Well, we yeah. made them. I, so I remember the kids in, in New York, they would do tennis shoes, and they'd throw them up over the wire, and they were hanging there. So I said, I'll do that with oyster shells. And I have the oyster shells. So they. Do you know what those sneakers thrown over the wires mean? It means they're finished playing basketball, right? No, it means that that's a drug spot. That's where you can come get your drugs. <laughs> there's, there's no drugs there, but there's pelicans just in the, in the water on the trees. Yeah. Uh, so were there pelicans out there while you were there? Oh, yeah. More and more. There's like four or five, and they sit in this tree across the, on that pond that you yeah. talked about yeah. or spoke about. Um, so I have them hanging over so they touch each other. So if the wind happens, it makes a sound. Oh, so they're like chimes. Yeah. Oyster shell chimes. And I don't want to be kitschy, but that's what, what <laughs> I did. And then I saw the trees. I am sorry. I'm from the north. I'm fascinated by uh, the Spanish moss. Yeah. So I went and gathered some from the from, and I put it a little bit over the, the center part just to make it feel New Orleans that I love. And, yeah. and, and so that's the essence of the work. What has it? What so? Okay, so that um, is one of several pieces that will be out there, and um, everybody has a little different idea about how to do this little alteration of nature. And by the way, just so you know, in addition, there's going to be painters out there doing what's called plain air painting, which is essentially painting the landscape out in the landscape. And if it rains, we have a tent, so we're still going to do it under the tent. And um, lots of really cool food. Because I have this new young chef in town who's made these um, little toast, uh, I don't remember the right name for them, I think it's tostados, not tostados, that's not the right word, but um, just uh, delicious little Italian things, let's just put it that way. And she went down to Braithwaite and gathered some of the satsumas from um, this incredible uh, farm down there that um, Fred Swartz owns, and he brings his satsumas uptown. I get a box of them every month. I just... I have fresh squeezed satsuma juice in the morning. There's nothing like it. Fred Swartz, check him out, everybody. He's got great stuff down there. Anyway, so she's made these great little pieces, and there's going to be some quiche, and there's going to be some... um, There's a place down there called Barker's Dozen, and they make these donut holes 
Now, a donut hole is a donut hole, but these are donut holes with jelly inside them. I just adore them. So we're going to have them, hot cider, coffee, so great stuff to eat. And then inside, um, photographers going to be available to take your portrait because we have a show of portraits of people from St. Bernard up and also a videographer who's going to do interviews with folks because we're building kind of a library of almost like an oral history, but not that deep, um, a little bit more um, edited, let's say, uh, with with folks both from St. Bernard and from around the city. So um, altogether, this Saturday, and there's other things happening on Saturday we're going about to talk about in just a little bit, um, this Saturday out in Poitras, which is about a half an hour from the city, guys, it's not very far at all, um, we're going to have a, a wonderful um, day in the country. Um, but Roy, back to you. So tell me what it's like to have a month when you're sort of separated from your everyday life and you get to just work, and it's on Bayou Road in the middle of New Orleans. I, I want to know what that experience was like for you. It was a time to explore New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, I'm here to make my work. And, and the Joan Mitchell Place uh, Center is a painting studio. But they asked me to come or invited me. Uh, no, I passed the – I came. They, they said, yes, you can come. So I used it as a base, and I bicycled all around looking at the – Basho, Basho, I said the word, uh, between the river and the levee. Batcher. Batcher. And so I'm looking for places to make my work. So I went all around town, and then I found a place behind, oh, I'm not supposed to tell you, behind Dillard University by some canal. It's a, a lot of people know about it. It's, it's okay. The, it's the yeah. enchanted, abandoned, or forgotten forest. Mm-hmm. And I first went there, and it was nobody, there was nobody there, and then I thought, I have to make something here because it's a little bit of wild nature. And mm-hmm. I found a grove of invasive trees from China, and but it was tallow, all, tallow, trees. all uniformed, fine, mm-hmm. and it was just beautiful. Everything was sitting there on the ground, and I started to make an, a long arc. I just I cleaned up the mess and put it in order. Artists make things in order, so that's what <laughs> some uh, artists, some artists, it's, yeah, pretty much in order. And that's what I uh, have done. And then thank God to Eugene, uh, I needed another something more that the community will, will really see. A public yeah, piece. Yeah. And this happened, and I'm so appreciative for you to ask me to come out there, and that's why I went out there. Well, you know, you have to thank the artists who came to visit me, and, and when I was telling them about this, you said, oh, you've got to talk to Roy Staub. This is exactly what he does. And I go online, and I look at your pieces, and I said, you see, it's amazing to me, actually, that in New Orleans we have a phenomenal number of artists, and it's growing every day. They're just they're coming here, I don't know, in droves. Because suddenly we're on the map as a creative place. We've always been creative. I mean, from the beginning of time, and people know us for our jazz and our architecture. But increasingly they're recognizing that we are really a a major art center, and so people are coming in. But we don't have that many people who live and work here and have either been from here or come here who work in a in a natural context. And, And it's so surprising because this city really is on the cusp Everywhere you look, we often call ourselves a saucer, you know, and and the water is all around that saucer because we're sort of a little bit lower than what's around us sometimes, especially when there's a big storm. But people, uh, there aren't that many artists here who work with nature, which is really surprising. So maybe you need to spend a little more time here and kind of develop the little art of nature program where you get other artists to work with you. Little things happen in small steps. Now, my, my previous residency in 2011, Dece- November, December, was at Studio in the Woods. At the very end of that time, I did a, a piece at Bayou Benvenu, 
where you can view the bio, that the damage of bio while the trees are gone. So I, I got some bamboo from the neighbors at Studio in the Woods and brought nine long 30-foot pieces there to the site, and I collected the red red bloodweed, I think it's called, and I that was right there at, on the edge, and I bundled it and hung it to f- put a focus on the bayou and how it has to be restored. And, and, and that was at the very last minute. So that was another community involvement of, of being here in New Orleans, and for me, very important. And how, as you as you get ready to leave, because you're leaving, what, tomorrow? Tomorrow. <laughs> if you can get yourself packed and out of here. But um, what what what's the impression of New Orleans that you take with you? <laughs> it's a wonderful city. Those houses, even the small ones, have been refurbished. It's flat, easy to bike around. I found a very interesting city. I find it vibrant. I, I, I went to all the museums. I, I just look for art to happen. I met some really nice people in St. Claude in New York. Oh, God, there's a white big desk and no one talks to you. But here it's a very friendly place. Good Mm -hmm. time. It is friendly. Um, Sometimes there's other things going on (laughs) behind that friendliness, but um, generally speaking, I would have to say it's a warm, it's a warm place. We, we, and, and I don't know if you came across it, but the thing that always strikes me about it is compared with some other places, including the city I'm from, is that people, um, are very grounded in their families, their neighborhoods, the schools they came from. They're just, they don't lose that. You know, in, in, in New York, where I'm from, everybody kind of wants to leave their past behind them and move on and become, you know, the hot thing. And, and you don't know your neighbor in New York. And you don't know your neighbor. But here, you here, talk to your neighbor. here when I bike around, I say hello, and people say hello back to you. Wow. I always tell, I, I try to give people a little lesson um, in something I learned over the years of living here of how people greet each other on the street here. So you, there's two things you can do. You can say, how you doing? And then the other person is going to say back to you, all right. Or you can just cut that short and say, all right. That's how we greet each other on the street here. We just say, how you doing? And all right. Just so you know. So next time you're here, they won't know that you're from someplace else. But I do that already. <laughs> <laughs> Good, uh, Roy. I'm so glad you came, and I'm I'm grateful to you. I mean, it was great that uh, you wanted to participate, and um, I'm grateful to you because you know we have this great, wonderful event coming up this Saturday, guys. Rain or shine, because we do have the inside of the museum to work with, so you can be inside the museum. And um, we have uh, three things going on. We have the Art of Nature Trail. We have the landscape painting. And by the way, we're going to have crayons and pastels and pencils and clipboards with paper so you can come and bring your kids and, and everybody can make something. And we have three prizes for the top three pieces selected by other artists that will be there to make the selection. So that's one. Two is the Art of Nature, the trail. And we will have golf carts that can take you through the um, uh, woods and see it. I say we because this is a production of the Creative Alliance of New Orleans, and most of my listeners know that that's my other other part of my life. And um, and then thirdly, inside the museum, the River House, we have um, photographers uh, who uh, Ke- uh, Kelsey Skult in particular, who's going to be taking uh, portraits of people, and then, and then we'll be able to share those portraits with you digitally, and also doing interviews with people to get their stories, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, with refreshments and um, as I say, rain or shine this Saturday at the River House and uh, Crevasse 22 in Poitras. You can go on our Cano site, cano-la.org, cano-la.org, and get more information on it. 
Now, if you want just a deluge of culture and food and nonprofits telling you what's going on in the universe, then the alternative thing to do is to be at the New Orleans Central City Festival. And Linda Pompasin, and you're the you're the purpose, person who has actually kind of I don't think you started this, but you're the one who's yeah. been who's been keeping this going and building it. And God, is it built? I mean, I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 12, 12, 13, 14, 15, over 20 sponsors, and that's what's enabled you to bring together as much talent and activity as you have. And so, thank you to all the sponsors, and you can call out whoever you want to um, uh, mention. But um, I mean, just a, a wonderful collection of activities. So. Give me a little bit on it, Linda, and and then tell me who who your organization is and why you're doing this. Okay. Um, The organization that puts on the Central City Festival is the Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard Merchants and Business Association. Um, The organization's been around since the late 90s, and this particular festival, this year is its ninth year, so next year it'll be 10 years. It did start out um, in 2006 as a a small-scale um, gospel festival, and over the years it's evolved. It's held on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard, which a lot of people still know as Dryad Street. Um, and um, it's just grown over the years, and next year will be the 10th annual festival. Um, this is something that we do. This might as well be the 10th anniversary. You have so much going on. We do. We have a lot going on. Um, and this festival is made possible by volunteers and donors and sponsors. Um, Notably, sponsors this year are the New Orleans Multicultural Tourism Network and the New Orleans Tourism and Marketing Corporation, Um, plus a lot of other sponsors, donors, people who um, make the festival possible. Um, But every year it's grown, and it's a lot of fun. It features um, kids performing on stage, adults performing on stage, kids' activities that are mostly art-related and uh, great music on stage. This year we have um, Sun Pie, Bruce Barnes. He's so much fun. He he Uh, really is. His band is, I mean, you just can't stop dancing. Yeah, it's great Zydeco. And that's kind of a a hallmark of this festival is is, um, the dance-related aspect of it. Um, Why is that? You know, it's... It's just something that's been part of the festival from the beginning. And, of course, last year we did the Guinness World Record dancing in the streets, the um, twerking. (laughs) Most people twerking for two minutes continuously, and we broke the Guinness World Record. And we're continuing that theme. (laughs) We have um, a well-known local DJ, Captain Charles, who's helping uh, the crowd do some line dancing. And... um, we also have Delphio Marsalis and the Uptown Jazz Orchestra, which uh, will definitely get people moving too. And um, Professor Longhair was a resident of the neighborhood just a block off of the boulevard. And um, there is a uh, house museum. His daughter uh, lives in the house, and there's a room with um, uh, mementos from Professor Longhair, and it's going to be open on Saturday as well. And we're doing a tribute on the big stage to Professor Longhair's music with um, Tom Worrell and Uganda Roberts, who actually toured with Professor Longhair for eight years. 
played with him. Um, He's terrific. I, I used to book him on occasion uh, when we were doing the Do Drop In at the Contemporary Arts Center, mm. and he just has an incredible um, percussion vocabulary, if I had to come up with an expression. He's just mm-hmm. a, a, no, a fabulous uh, percussionist. Right. And uh, so there's um, there's a lot of fun. It is dance-related. We have um, sort of a food court with uh, local food vendors, some local favorites, a uh, lot of children's activities, um, cooking demonstrations with um, some local chefs uh, from a couple of restaurants right there on the boulevard, and uh, a health fair with health information and lots of artists selling their work um, as vendors at the festival. It's 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 just a it's a fabulous fabulous um, a collection of events. But how about the the uh, youth three on three basketball? Yes, um, I love we, that. Yeah, we started that um, last year as an additional activity with the festival, and that is done by the Youth Empowerment Project and their basketball court right there. Um, just oh, they have a court. They do in the <laughs> in the middle of the uh, kind of in the middle of the festival. And that's then, a great organization. I love what they do. Yeah, they do a lot of great work. Um, they're big presence on the boulevard. Mm-hmm. So the basketball tor- tournament is happening. bunch of other things happening um, also. Uh, art exhibits all along the boulevard and in the neighborhood. Well, you have this kids' activities with Rick Rack. What's that? Rick Rack is an organization that works with kids to make costumes. Oh. Yeah. So and they're going to be out there making costumes? <clears throat> yes, exactly. Love it. Love it. And the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra is bringing out what they call their instrument petting zoo, where they bring <laughs> they bring um, instruments for kids to play with. And what an idea! Out. I'll bet you anything that there's going to be some kind of um, uh, you know f- th- there'll be some students who will from that get that urge to become musicians. Yeah. Just that experience of, of putting your hands on an instrument that um, you can think about what you can do with it, right? Sort of like you know Roy looks at his weeds in the woods and says, what can I do with that? They're going to look at this instrument and think about what what kind of creative work they can accomplish with it. So, yeah, yeah. that's a great idea. Yep. And so it's a health fair? Yeah, every year we have um, health providers come out to provide information. Um, uh, pharmacy students come out with their professor from uh, Xavier and provide information, answer questions. There's some health screenings. Um, and information about the affordable care enrollment and all kinds of things like that. So that's an important part of the expo as well as the health fair. And then various organizations, a lot of nonprofits, um, come out and have a table and let people know uh, the services that they offer or the activities that they do. Oh, 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 wait. Here's something that I want to call out. So you have this line dancing also with DJ Captain Charles Mm -hmm. and Cuban dance performance and lessons with Buku Rueda. Yes. Uh, Cuban music (laughs) is my absolute most favorite. It is just, it's totally infectious. You cannot sit down when there's Cuban music on. Yes. And so that, um, um, that is going to be great fun. What's the schedule like? How does this work schedule-wise? I guess people can go online to see the... The real lineup, right? Absolutely. We have a website, which is ochaleyboulevardblvd.org, and the schedule is there. We also have an event posting on Facebook that lists the whole lineup and the times for the activities. It starts at 11 a.m. with um, a presentation by um, the Kumba Institute um, kids, 
who are extremely talented. That's something that we have at the festival every year, and it goes until 6 p.m. Um, Sun Pie and the Louisiana Sunspots are closing us out from um, 5 to 6. Mm-hmm. So there are things going on the entire day. The entire day. Yeah. And uh, one more here, dance performance by Sisters Making a Change with Marissa J. Yes. So is that um, more like a contemporary dance? This this year's um, presentation is um, bounce-related. Oh, and so okay. each year they have a different theme, theme and Sisters Making a Change is um, a health and exercise and dance program that's free. Um, that's done by Ashe Cultural Arts Center. And um, each year they do um, a dance presentation. Incredible. So let's go back for a minute to, you know, again, why you do this and what and what what is happening on, 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 on Aretha Castle Haley Boulevard. We, we've talked about this a couple of times. You know, we're, we're involved, of course, with the Myrtle Banks uh, School Building. And by the way, folks, there's a, a, an incredible show up there right now that was um, put together by the LCCR, and I'm not going to remember exactly, Louisiana Center, Center for, for Children's, Children's Rights, Rights, and um, curated by um, Gia Hamilton oh, yeah. from the, um, the um, Joe Mitchell. Mitchell Center. Um, and it's it's a sh- it's a show. I think the artist's name. I'm just pulling this out of the air. Is Roger um, from San Diego? Uh, I, I hate to. I, I'm not going to uh, guess and, and get it wrong. Anyway, this f- terrific photographer did these images of young people in adult jails as part of a campaign. He did the show on its own merits. I mean, just to tell this story. But LCCR wants us to basically sign a petition to get young people out of Orleans Parish Prison with adults. It's a terrible uh, way to uh, take a child who's gotten into trouble and, and made a mistake or two or three and, and but then put them into a world where they may never return from. And, and it, it's it's something that I think is, is really worth seeing. But it's it's beautiful, too, as, as uh, emotionally um, powerful as it is and as the message is a difficult one. It's also aesthetically uh, a beautiful show with really beautiful images. That's at the Myrtle Banks a school building. It's open normally weekdays from nine to five. Um, I'm not sure if someone. If, uh, it will be uh, open. It on will Saturday. be open. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, and that's actually in our again Cano's uh, creative space in the Myrtle Banks building. So we're proud of um, being able to be able to host a show like that. But let's go back to. I mean, in, in how many years have you, have you been uh, working with the Merchants Association now? Just two years, but I've been working in Central City for eight years. So, so, so you've seen it. You've yeah. seen it. Just you know, uh, those horrible car commercials where they have all the emphasis on how fast a car can go from zero to sixty. This is this is what's happened in 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 Central City. It has really exploded. So, tell me about how this has happened and and what your organization's role has been in it and and how you see it going forward. Right. Well. Um, it um, it has really snowballed, and a lot of the work has come to fruition over the last few years. But it's it's been since the late 90s when um, some organizations, sort of um, notably Ashe and Cafe Reconcile, um, sort of reinvested in that neighborhood. And I want to call attention mm-hmm. to the neighborhood gallery that was there before yes. that, Sandra Berry, Absolutely. and also Andy Antipas and his gallery and the Zeitgeist film mm-hmm. people too. Yeah, they, they were really the, the, the first pioneers. Yes, they. Well, and I don't, soon after Ashe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a big fan of the term pioneer, but um, 
these organizations, mostly nonprofits, reinvested in the neighborhood, and um, this organization, the, the Merchants Association, started working on marketing the boulevard as a des destination for investment and um, um, a good neighborhood to locate in and work to kind of get some of the buildings back into commerce, did a lot of marketing um, and developing partnerships. And it was after the storm that um, the organization applied to be a Louisiana Main Street and a cultural products district. And through these efforts and after the storm, there was a lot of interest by national philanthropy to ensure that that neighborhood um, did bounce back and that some of the longtime property owners and businesses and organizations on that boulevard had an opportunity to benefit from um, any revitalization that would happen um, and hopefully not be pushed out. So since 2006, there has been concerted effort to work with the property owners, um, try and um, help them get their properties back into commerce. The New Orleans Redevelopment Authority has been um, a great partner over several years in helping to do matching grants for facade improvements. And, and, and becoming a, a citizen of O.C. Haley um, and uh, Central City by uh, exactly. bringing their offices in there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. they That's have where they're been, located. They have been um, Yeah, by the way, folks, the, for those of you who are interested in some of the things that Nora does, um, that's where they are. They're they're right next door to the uh, the uh, Myrtle Banks building, the Jack and Jake store. That, by the way, the uh, a breakfast and lunch uh, restaurant has now opened. Yeah. In Jack and they Jake's, it's the first step in in uh, in in the um, now getting much closer, <laughs> finally opening of the Jack and Jake's grocery store. So. Go patronize that and get a feeling for the building because it's so extraordinary. But it is beautiful. yeah, it's important that Nora has has, has uh, come to the neighborhood and become a part of it. Exactly, and there's just um, a lot of this has happened sort of gradually over the last several years, where people have um, made improvements to their buildings, started using their buildings, opened um, businesses or um, located nonprofits, and uh, but it really is is hugely visible from the outside over the last couple of years when we've had some um, new major nonprofit anchors like the New Orleans Jazz Orchestra's new um, Jazz Performance Center, which is amazing. And in addition to the Myrtle Banks building, um, the Jazz Market, as it's called, because it's located in part of what used to be the Dryads Market, a public um, municipal market, um, that uh, both of those projects have won awards um, in addition to some redevelopment work done by the Gulf Coast Housing Partnership, which also made the building that Nora's in possible, the Muses Apartment Building and the um, historic rehabilitation where the Ashe Powerhouse Theater is and the Tulane City Center. So these things have been happening, but then when these large, um, large things open, the Southern Food and Beverage Museum, it really pops, especially if they're on the corner They've done a beautiful job with rehabilitating mm -hmm. the buildings, and so it's really, it really looks alive. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a tipping point, you know. You you you, you sort of climb, climb, and climb, and then and suddenly you, you're getting close to the top, and then you look around and you have a lot of company. Exactly, <laughs> when you, when you start getting close to the top. Right, and it actually is interesting because I get calls every week from 
organizations, artists, all kinds of um, people who want to locate on the boulevard. And um, we're out of properties. So um, wow. a lot of people think, you know, oh, it's really coming up now. But we're actually past that. The property values are very high. And there is an inventory of, of So buildings. you have Carondelet and Barone. Mm-hmm. It's time to get, you know, move on and, and see. And, and, and some folks have. Tulane City Center is on uh, Carondelet, Barone. is it? It's Barone. Barone. And um, so, you know, it, it used to be all, we all went to Euglitch's. <laughs> on which one was that? Uh, Barone? Or? Barone. Yeah. And um, so I can see that this is going to spill over. And it next is. thing you know, those it avenues are also going to come back. And it's, it's, a, it's a great story because, you know, um, O.C. Haley Boulevard really went through a very difficult time uh, during the um, uh, integration era. It, it, um, there was a lot of really difficult social issues with the owners of the properties and the, and the move, the opening up of Canal Street and, and uh, the movement of people to shop there. And so it went through a decline. And I, I've been here since the 70s and, and watched it just for years, really not budge. And then to, to see what's happening there now, it it's, uh, gives you faith that um, you can change things. Things can change. So what's, what's your next... Um, challenge? What, what, what are you hoping to accomplish? What's on the agenda? Um, well, um, we are, one of our major, what I would call program services, is, um, is doing this festival every year, which brings people out to the neighborhood, provides economic opportunity for local um, vendors and musicians. And so it's a really important part of what we do. But we do a lot of promotion of the businesses and organizations that are on the boulevard and sort of... Um, promote, um, you know, the boulevard as a a destination for people to come visit, go to museums, go hear live music. There's several venues for live music on the boulevard, including Casa Borrega, which has music every night that they're open, Um, and that there's a lot of fun things to do out in the neighborhood. So part of our role is to um, promote those um, businesses and organizations and nonprofits that are that are in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we're working on right now is um, a historic uh, walking tour and um, a project to call attention to the really important civil rights related history of that boulevard, and um, that doesn't just uh, cover the civil rights movement that we know of in the 60s, but there were waves of immigration in the neighborhood. There's um, a really, really rich history over there that's not known, and one of the issues is... Uh, Even mm -hmm. even civil rights history um, is relatively unknown. The role that uh, um, the the leaders who focused on Central City in the initial boycott of some of the owners who wouldn't mm-hmm. hire um, African-Americans. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a, a very big a, a part of the start of the, of the whole movement. And a lot of people don't realize that um, how important that was. Yeah, so we're trying to call attention to that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's dif- difficult when you have a lot of people interested in coming to a place that they, you know, they see as being hot or, uh, a, you know, a great, a great um what they might consider a new evolving neighborhood. Um, but then if they don't really understand that there's already a there there and that there's a really rich history and that there's um, an identity and a um, sort of a uh, something that the, the neighborhood residents, businesses or whatever want um, 
to be sort of the the theme or whatever of the neighborhood, a cultural theme, an arts-related theme, and um, also a civic engagement theme. And so part of what we're doing is to try and educate people about the there that's already there, um, which a lot of people don't know about, and to invite new businesses, artists, people coming into the neighborhood to be part of what's been happening for, for decades and what the community has been doing and maybe not, um, or maybe be aware of the fact that that is going on and to join in it and not maybe create sort of a parallel universe of things that are, are, are interesting to new people in the neighborhood or that um, seek to attract people who are not the long-term residents of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and finally, I just want to touch on the, the whole sort of nonprofit universe that's there, because that's, was that, did you expect that? Is it, or did that just kind of happen, that um, so many nonprofits have uh, come into the area? And um, actually, I'm going to come back to that, but if, and I want you to stay with me to the end of the show anyway, because I want to chat. But um, I, I think we have... Um, Angel Wilson on on the phone. Angel? Good morning, uh, Jean. Oh, I'm Nathan. so glad. I'm so glad you could get uh, through. I was worried. I know you're uh, in the middle of something over there at City Hall. But yes, what, I still am. <laughs> okay. But um, I, I really just wanted to um, have you help me get the word across, the, the concept across of how important it is for people to vote in this election, and particularly early voting. And so if, if you might just help us um, uh, uh, tell me, uh, how the early voting is working and, and how people can find out uh, where and how. Uh, good morning, and thank you again uh, for having me. Early voting uh, starts this Saturday. It's November 7th through uh, November uh, 14th. 14th. Yeah. And on November uh, 11th, uh, observance of Veterans Day uh, will uh, take place, and so there will not be any early voting on that day. And also, early voting is not on Sunday. So there are two days uh, within that period, from the 7th to the 14th, that it will not um, take place. But we want to urge uh, citizens within this community to uh, get out for this very, very, very important um, election. We have um, an opportunity to uh, change the uh, leadership uh, of the party uh, in this uh, state and get a Democrat uh, elected. And so it's going to take all the efforts uh, of this diverse community to uh, go out and vote uh, during early voting or on Election Day. Now, yeah, we don't I... want to leave uh, your vote to Election Day, and so we want uh, persons to focus in on going out early. So and it's, so it's Saturday, November 7th through Saturday, November 14th, except for right. Veterans Day from 8.30 a.m. until 6 p.m. And it looks like okay. there's locations pretty much all over the city. The easiest one uh, looks to me like uh, City Hall, um, yes, so that's just one of City Hall. That's yes. one. Algiers Courthouse is yes. another. And, mm-hmm. and Shepherdsville Warehouse, and um, also uh, West Vista, End. like Vista Community mm-hmm. Center on Spanish Fort yes. Boulevard. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, that so that makes it kind of easy. Is is there a website where people can go? Uh, uh, just because they may not remember what we just said. Um, yes, they can go to the to Secretary of State website. 
Secretary of State website. Secretary of State dot yes. uh, gov. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I just I think this election kind of took everybody by surprise a little bit. I think there was an assumption that it was all settled and done, and and someone was going to get in, and so I I think there was a little bit of a a, a holding back in the first. Um, uh, uh, the first election, and so there was not a high turnout in New Orleans, and, and that was kind of disappointing. But now it is very, very close out there, and I don't want to talk politically because um, that gets me into other issues with um, federal restrictions. But if if we can just say that it's a very close election, and when you have a close election, every vote counts. And this yes, is the time mm-hmm. that we can really make sure that people do vote so that New Orleans has a say. So New Orleans people have a say. Have a say, exactly. And, and, and um, it is a very, very close election. And uh, we need the voices of New Orleanians and the metro New Orleans uh, area to have their say uh, in this election period. And so uh, I encourage uh, persons to go out and early vote uh, starting this Saturday uh, until the following Saturday. And I'd also like to push that um, we observe uh, veterans uh, day by bringing a veteran to the polls with us. Right. I, I, I was just about to say, uh, because you can't vote on Veterans Day, okay, uh, and, 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 and let's really think about the importance of d- of, of our veterans and not just take that as another day to shop, but as a day that we should honor them. And in my newsletter that I put out yesterday, we did a story about um, the high suicide rate amongst veterans because they have such a t- hard time when they come back with PTSD and, and other issues, just reentering a very different world from the world that uh, they had been involved in during wartime. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. this is going to go on. This is not just today. This is, mm-hmm. this is, we seem to be constantly in some kind of war. A um, lot of things going on on the globe that we have to respond to and deal with. So think about your veterans. Think about your cousin, your brother, your sister, who's um, uh, your parent who, who is a veteran. And, and, and make sure that they have their voices heard by getting them to come with you for the early voting and then also on Election Day. When is Election Day? November 21st. November 21st. So don't forget, yes. November 7th through the 14th. And November 21st, put your voice out there. Have that influence that you think sometimes you don't have. This is one election where you can make a huge difference. Yes, you can. Thank you. Thank you, Angel. Angel, one of the uh, active uh, people in the in the political and social um, justice life of our city, and, and I thank you for taking a moment. I know you're really busy. Thank you for having me, Jean. Thank okay, Michelle. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, you know, uh, it, it was just so amazing um, in that last election that how many people did not get out and vote. Because, you know, the word on the street, there was very little coverage in the media. It was it was shockingly little, actually. We, we spend half of our newscasts these days on criminal incidents, and we don't deal with the social and educational and economic issues that underlie all that, and um, and, the, and we don't even uh, get the word out about uh, an upcoming election and help people understand who the candidates are and what they really stand for, because the commercials are not the way to learn about an election. The commercials 
lie. They are horrible. And actually, I think that some of these really ugly commercials in this past election and now are backfiring. And it's about time. I keep thinking, aren't people going to figure it out? Aren't they going to realize that they're being schnookered by this this crap that's being paid for by millionaires? So I'm just um, really, this is so important, guys. Think about it. Be sure that you do get out and vote. Are you doing anything in Central City? Is there a voter, any kind of um, a, a desk that's going to be out at your festival to remind people to vote? If uh, not, I'll go out there and say, well, I can't because I have another event. You have another event Somebody going has on. to uh, do that. Yeah. I, um, I, that's actually that's you a, do that at a really, table, actually. That's a really good point um, yeah. just to, to let people know what the day of the election is and when early voting is. That's a really great idea. Yeah, we'll make some flyers. Yeah, do some flyers. You can mm-hmm. just do it at your table, really. Um, and, yeah, I, I expect you're going to have a pretty big crowd out there. I'm hoping. Um, we keep watching the weather forecast, but oh, um, the weather! You know, don't mention the word. In the, yeah. in the past, the uh, you know, we've had you never some know. sprinkles, and and then it clears up. And I'm hoping that that's uh, what'll happen. But you know, we'll go ahead. Um, hey, umbrellas. Yes. Boots. And there's a lot <laughs> of um, there's a lot of art exhibits and um, things that are open that on you can Saturday. do inside. That you can do inside, right. out in the neighborhood, and a lot of the vendors, you know, have tents, and we have food booths that are, are covered, and so if we have some sprinkles here and there, that's okay. <laughs> okay. I'm hoping that's all it is. And parking is relatively easy. Yeah. I always like to talk about parking, because a lot of times people don't do things, because they're going to say, where am I going to park? Well, I'm really glad that you bring that up because there's a lot of options for getting to and from the festival. Um, we've partnered with Bike Easy, um, which will be doing sort of supervised bicycle parking on the site of the festival, which is fantastic. So people can um, bike and know they have a place to um, And right now it seems like bicycle. half the city of New Orleans is on a bike. Exactly. <laughs> and it just, that makes sense. And then also we've partnered with Uber, and they are offering um, oh, great. A, free, yeah. a free ride, a free first ride for people who sign up for Uber and use the promotion code um, Central City. Central so mm-hmm. you can use Uber, the streetcar. Tell people how to do that because a lot of people don't mm-hmm. know how to do Uber yet. In, you know, in the city. I um, I am not myself signed up with Uber yet. <laughs> um, I don't think that it's difficult. Um, they have a website. I bet you if you go U- Uber exactly. uh, in Google, it'll tell you all. How exactly. Yeah, and right. basically what you do is register and put your credit card information there. But this offers um, a ride free up to a value of $20. So we've got Bike Easy. We've got the streetcar two blocks away on St. Charles, and people can just um, walk up Martin Luther King or Felicity. And um, there is usually on the weekends um, pretty plentiful parking on the side streets around there. So parking isn't usually an issue for the festival. Fantastic. Linda, I I have uh, admiration for um, all that you do and and as – as typical with all of us nonprofits, with so little resources and staff, so uh, every one of us does a job of a, a handful of people instead of just one person. You're one of them, and um, and you have a lot of help uh, in in general. You have you do have people um, in Central City now who who do care about it and who are your partners. And yeah. I mean, goodness, um, the uh, again your your list of sponsors just seems to go on forever. So uh, when you go to the website, everybody um, for the Central City uh, Festival and where where are they going to which website? I don't. It is OC Haley Boulevard BLVD dot org. OC Haley BLVD 
dot org. Okay, so when they go there, you can see the schedule and, and sort of ch choose what time of the day that you want to focus on. And you'll see the sponsors, and I, I just want to call the attention to them because, you know, we go begging for the sponsors to help us all the time, and, and we really do try to make sure that they um, yeah, get the we, credit for what they do. We cannot do this festival without the sponsors and volunteers, and we are so um, appreciative of everyone who wants to partner and make a contribution um, to the festival. Okay. So closing out, there are two things I just want to remind everybody. Um, so if you want to be in the middle of just, in, you know, incredible, uh, just uh, wonderful uh, collection of things, you're going to go to you're going to go to OC Haley Boulevard this Saturday. If you want a quieter retreat and just go make art and walk through the woods and have your picture taken and have some little food, then you're going to come out to the River House Crevasse 22 Day in the Country. Um, and then you are, are, you are, everybody, everybody who is listening to me at this time on this show, I'm counting on you to go vote. Early voting, November 7th through November 14th, 8.30 to 6 p.m. daily except Sunday and November 8th, which is Veterans Day. And I'm getting ready to close out the show because our, fortunately, the people from the um, Walter Reed Hospital nixed my gal coming on the air. So we had a, a little extra time. But I'm glad to have been able to talk um, with Linda and with my fabulous natural artist, Roy Staub. Hey, folks, go look at his website. You will just be amazed what he can do with a few weeds. <laughs> just my name, Roy Staub, S-T-A-A-B. And I have YouTubes of, of my project, even this newest one. They, oh, already? Yes. Oh, my goodness, this guy knows how to put it together. This is Gene Nathan. This is Crosstown Conversations. And I will see you next week, and I'll see you at the polls.